If you would please join me in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, this day we, we look back and remember the events of 9-11 and the aftershocks that went through our nation and through the world. Many, many lives were lost. And yet there were many people who, despite what our natural instinct would be to run away from danger, ran headfirst and steadfast into it to try and save those who are trapped and in need of help. For some people, the impact was immediate, whether they lost their lives or lost someone they loved. For others, the impact has continued to take its toll on their lives, whether from a mental or emotional standpoint or even a physical standpoint as complications from everything that happened that day have impacted the health of many people. God, we experienced something that we had never really experienced before. And thankfully, we know you stood with us throughout. And in those moments, that followed even moments that we may not have always agreed with each other, just like we haven't always agreed with each other throughout the history of humanity. We still had many moments of coming together, of supporting each other, of showing some of the best sides of humanity and caring for one another. God, we pray that, that we might feel that inspiration again and not just on days when we are remembering this event in the history of our country and in our lives, but that we might carry that inspiration to love each other and to work together every day and every moment. Help us to remember all of those who gave so much Help us to also work towards forgiveness for those who set those events in motion. Forgiving someone who has done something hard and mean and cruel to us is incredibly difficult and goes against our nature. But we know that is what you would have us do. And so we ask for your help to be able to forgive We thank you for all that you have done, how you have been with us throughout. And we thank you for the sacrifice of so many. Amen.
Well, good morning to everyone. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. I am Pastor Michael, and I am happy to see you all here with us today. Uh, there's uh, a lot going on today. Um, so in a moment here, I will turn it over to Sheila, our liturgist for this morning, who will fill you in and tell you about all kinds of good stuff. Um, and I want to thank you for those of us, or for those of you who are joining us via our podcast or our call-in number who will hear this message later today. Um, and I, I do really mean what I prayed about forgiveness. Um, and I'm not saying it's something that even 20 years later is easy to do or that everyone is going to be able to do. Um, I just want us to look to God for help to work towards that goal. Um, it doesn't mean you, you can't still be angry or hurt or upset. Um, but we do need to always try and do our best to, to follow the teachings of Jesus. So I will turn this over now to Sheila, and she will fill you in on all the happenings and goings-ons. Good morning, church family. Um, we're excited to have the children back today. Sunday school starts this morning. We are in need of some help in cleaning the church. If you have a few hours each week that you could give to clean different sections of the church, please let us know. Uh, Linda's been carrying most of that weight by herself, and we'd like it to be a shared uh, situation. We still have some tables straight out of the sanctuary that were loaned to us during the rummage sale. Those people have not picked up their tables yet. Um, on the back of your bulletin, I think you have a flyer about hazardous waste. If you're anything like our household, that stuff accumulates, and you can't just dump it anywhere. Lenaway County is doing a hazardous waste uh, dump next Saturday, so we wanted to let you folks know that. There are gourds, fresh tomatoes, and some food products left over from the food pantry. So Phyllis would like you to go into the gym after worship and help yourself. And Lucy is asking we need four bales of straw for some decorations for out front for the fall. So if you could help us out by bringing a bale of straw, it would be greatly appreciated. And I think that's pretty much it. I changed the order of worship again. I noticed. <laughs> We're going to Jesus Loves Me on page 191. And let's rise as you are able for this. Jesus loves me. Yes, 
me this I know as he loved so long ago taking children on his knee saying let them come to me yes Jesus loves me yes Jesus loves me yes Jesus loves me if you would join me for call to worship. Friends in Christ, let us gather in the shelter of God's presence. Let us bless the Lord, for God is God is indeed our rock and our refuge. Into God's hands we commit our spirits, for God has redeemed us. Abundant is the goodness that the Lord has stored up for those who gather to worship God. Please join us for our opening prayer. God, our wisdom, wisdom and our, our guide, guide, you show, show us, us the way, way that makes for abundant life. life. Be our now rock and our fortress, fortress that no, no matter, matter what, what befalls us, you shall, shall be our refuge. refuge. Amen. Amen. The grace of God. Excuse me. The grace of God has dawned upon us with healing for all the world, and so we rejoice to declare our faith in him. We believe in God the Father, who has revealed his love and kindness to us, and in his mercy saved us, not for any good deed of our own, but because he is merciful. We believe in Jesus Christ, who gave himself up for us to free us from our sin and set us apart for himself, a people eager to do good. We believe in the Holy Spirit, whom God poured out on us generously through Christ our Savior, so that justified by grace, we might become heirs with the hope of eternal life. Amen. Our next song is All Glory, Laud, and Honor, page 280. Oh, man. 
join me in our prayer for illumination. Covenanting God, may your Holy Spirit bind these readings of your word to us, heart and soul, that we and our children may live in your presence for as long as the heavens are above the earth. Amen. You may be seated. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 17, and chapter 3, verses 22b through 31. The Tower of the Gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, 
to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith, as it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. For there is no distinction, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective through faith. He did this to show his righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he has passed over the sins previously committed. It was to prove at the present time that he himself is righteous and that he justifies the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of boasting? It is excluded. By what law? By that of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that a person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? He is not the God of Gent- is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since God is one, and he will justify the circumcised on the ground of faith and the uncircumcised through the same faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, let us confess our sin. If you would please join me in our prayer of confession. Holy One, help us be still and know that you are God. Too often we move at such a hectic pace that we neglect our relationship with you. Our lives become full of distractions that are nothing but shifting sand. Restore and strengthen us, O God, to rebuild our lives on the foundation of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Please take a few moments now for silent prayer and confession. Friends and beloved children of God, hear the promise of our faith. God hears us when we cry for help and shows us steadfast love. Therefore, let your hearts take courage, for God is faithful to us and has redeemed us. Amen. Church, our God lives in covenant with us and has stored up abundant goodness for us. Let us respond gladly and generously as a way of fulfilling our covenant with God and with one another.
Please rise as you are able and join me in our doxology. Holy and generous God, you have covered us with blessing. Into your hands we commit these tithes and offerings that they may help to build your realm of steadfast love and a whole earth. Amen. You may be seated, and I invite any of our youth and children to come on up and take a seat in one of the chairs up here. I will join you down there in a second. All right, how's everybody doing this morning? Sounds like everybody's pretty awake, awesome. So, I have a question. Do you guys remember from Sunday school or maybe from something I said about how Jesus wants us to, to love each other? Does that sound familiar? Jesus wanting us to love each other? Yeah. Yes, Jesus loves us. And Jesus wants us to love other people, right? Yeah. Okay, so do you think we should do that all the time or just some of the time? What do you think? You think some of the time? Okay. What do you guys think? Okay. What about when Jesus has told us to help people? Do you think we should help people some of the time or all the time? Okay. When they're hungry, yeah. Okay, what about over here? What do you guys think? Zach, what about you? Not sure? What do you think? Some of the time? What about you? All the time? So, Jesus told us that we should love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So we, we should love each other, and we should do that all the time. And, and Jesus 
talked to the disciples and shared stories that we now know later about him telling us that we should help people when they're in need, even when uh, it may not be easy or convenient. Um, and it can be hard to love people sometimes. Sometimes people make us mad or they hurt our feelings um, or they make us sad, and, and it can be a little bit harder to want to love them. But Jesus told us we need to try our best to love everybody all the time and to help everybody whenever we can. And, and it's more than just that. It's everything that Jesus taught us. Like when we talk about being a Christian, you know, there are, there are things that, that Jesus told us to do and God wants us to do that we should be trying to do all of the time, not just some of the times. Um, and it's hard. And it's not just hard maybe for you guys because you're younger. It's hard for the adults, too. There are, there are times when, uh, when somebody does something to, to one of us, and it's hard for us to feel love for that person in the moment. I'm from Illinois, just outside of Chicago, um, and people there don't drive very friendly. Um, and so when somebody almost runs you off the road, which happens from time to time, um, I don't always feel a lot of love for them right when that happens. Um, but what we can do to help us is we can ask God to help us love everyone and to want to help everyone. And God will hear those prayers. Um, have you ever had someone take a toy away from you when you were playing with it? Yeah, sometimes he does. Yeah, I used to do it to my older sisters, too. And I can't anymore because they live far away. Yeah, I know that's happened to both of you. I've been present for it. Um, what do you want to say, DeAndre? What about you, Zach? Have, have you had a time where someone took a toy away from you when you were playing with it? Yeah. And it's, it's not fun. It, it makes us maybe angry or sad or frustrated. But we're talking about loving everyone. Focus. But if we ask God to help us, to help our heart be full of love and full of forgiveness, we can get to a place where we can forgive the people that hurt us um, or might make us mad. And, and right now, you may have heard uh, the prayer that I gave at the very beginning, or you may have heard some of the adults talking about something that happened on this day, or, well, technically yesterday, um, about 20 years ago, and um, it was something that was really bad, um, and it hurt a lot of people, and the, a lot of people are still struggling to forgive the people that did it, but that's that's normal. That's kind of how it means to be a person, to be a human. Um, but we still got to keep working and trying to do our best because that's what God would want us to do. Does that all make sense? You think so? Okay. Well, today is a special day for some other reasons. You guys get to start Sunday school. Who's excited? Wait, was that, was that Linda? Okay, 
I couldn't tell if that was you or a parent based on the where I was looking when I heard it. So, um, all right. So we got one more big important thing to do before you can get your suckers and go off to your Sunday school classes. Do you remember what it is? No, before Sunday school. What do you think it is? The Lord's Prayer, that's right. I don't know if it's any of the teachers' birthdays. Is it any of the teachers' birthdays today? Okay, we'll try again next week. All right, you guys ready? Hold on. We're going to do the Lord's Prayer, okay? All right. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Awesome job, guys. Go see Miss Sheila for a sucker, and then your teachers will be waiting for you. Uh, Uh-oh. Change. Good job. Get a sucker. I can't snap my fingers. Everybody got that? All right. If you would join me in an attitude of prayer. Shepherding God in a dangerous world, let us hear your voice and come and go safely through your gates. We pray for your church on earth that we may be a refuge and a blessing to all in your creation that have need, human, animal, plant, water, and air. We pray for the earth and every living thing upon it, the plants that give us food as well as every animal, bird, and creeping thing that moves on the earth. We pray for the human species, its nations and leaders, that all the violence that fills the earth may cease and your wisdom and goodness may govern all so that the earth can live in peace. We pray for all those who suffer from human corruption, from physical and mental disease, from floods, winds, and other natural disasters, that they may be restored and made whole by those who do your will on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for those whom we love, both near and far, 
May all your creation dwell safely in the ark of your universal covenant. We pray to you this day for the lives that were lost, for the bravery of so many, for the pain that still lingers inside so many. We pray not only for those who have gone on to glory and those of us who are still here. But as hard as it is, we do also pray for those who perpetrated those events 20 years ago that changed so much, that caused so much pain and suffering. And we pray that events like these will never happen again both here or anywhere else. Blessed are you, God, creator of the universe, who with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit live forever in your rainbow covenant with humans, the earth, and every living creature. Amen. Our second scripture reading is from Psalm 24, prayer and praise for deliverance from enemies to the leader, a Psalm of David. In you, O Lord, I seek refuge. Do not let me ever be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. You are indeed my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net that is hidden for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Oh, how abundant is your goodness that you have laid up for those who fear you and accomplished for those who take refuge in you in the sight of everyone. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them from human plots. You hold them safe under your shelter from contentious tongues. 
Blessed be the Lord, for he has wondrously shown his steadfast love to me when I was beset as a city under siege. I had said in my alarm, I am driven far from your sight, but you heard my supplications when I cried out to you for help. Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts hauntedly. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. And you th say, thanks, thanks be, be to, to God. God. Our next song is number 368, My Hope is Built. And please rise as you are able. seated and I apologize for not going through the prayer requests before our prayer earlier. Um, in addition to what you see in your bulletin, we have a prayer request for uh, Jacob Cuevas. He has surgery tomorrow to remove um, his gallbladder and gallstones, which I am sure is not going to be a fun surgery, but will be great relief to him afterwards and once he has healed. Um, so please keep Jacob in your prayers. Our third scripture reading 
for this morning comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 11, verses 18 through 21, and then continuing at verse 26 through 28. You shall put these words of mine in your heart and soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and fix them as an emblem on your forehead. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, so that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse, the blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today, and the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn from the way that I am commanding you today to follow other gods that you have not known. This is the gospel, or this is the word of God for the people of God, and you say, be to God. If you would join me again in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, we ask that you continue to teach us and help us to learn. We know that we still have much to learn and many people who can teach it to us. Quiet our minds, bring peace to our hearts, and free us from distractions so that we can learn from the message you bring to us today. Now may the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This week, we are continuing in our sermon series titled Back to School, where we're looking at teachers and important lessons about teaching that we find in the Bible. This week, we are going to focus primarily on our scripture reading from the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. I have been and was, and continue to be really, very blessed at the beginning of my life with two loving and patient parents. Throughout my entire life, they have always been there for me, caring for me, loving me, and teaching me. Our house was a home of joy and love. We spent time together as a family and supported each other. And I know that I have been greatly blessed beyond even my own comprehension with that. And I say that because I know that not everyone grows up in that same kind of environment. Some people will lose their parents early in their life or over time. Some people grow up in homes of anger and dysfunction. I've had friends whose parents got divorced early on and others whose father or mother were never a part of their lives. Now sometimes that may end up being for the best But it doesn't change the fact that it can potentially make life more challenging, can make understanding certain things about our lives and our world more challenging. But I think all of us, regardless of whether we grew up in what we we might call a traditional household or some other environment, I think we can all point to other people in our lives who became like parents to us. Maybe it was our grandparents, or an older sibling, a cousin perhaps, or an aunt or uncle. Maybe it was a neighbor or a teacher at school. Maybe a pastor or a Sunday school teacher. 
I think pretty much all of us could find people in our lives who have been like parents to us in some way. And parents, whether they're biological or otherwise, they play an incredibly important role in our development, especially as children. I continue to learn that lesson myself right now with AJ and DeAndre as they continue to grow and learn things right before my eyes. And they continue to surprise me in, in positive ways. The things that they remember and retain that Sarah and I have attempted to teach them or, or other people in our lives have, have taught them. I'll never forget, I think AJ was maybe five, maybe six, and was able to rattle off at least a half, if not two-thirds, of the communion liturgy from memory just from being in worship and hearing me say it. Our parents are our first teachers in most cases. They also typically play other roles, including our protectors, our comforters, and our providers. But again, they are also our teachers. We often learn from them our first words. Hopefully in most cases, it's a fun word, not maybe an four-letter word that you wouldn't want them to say, but I have some friends who that is their story of their first word. They help us as we crawl and take our first steps. They provide discipline and instruction in how we should behave, treat other people, and so much more. And for many people, our parents are our primary source of learning about our faith. Now, again, that is not always true, but for many families, faith is something that you could say is passed down from generation to generation. Now, that faith is not always retained, or it may change over time. But that is something that happens in, in many families. When we look at our third scripture reading this morning from, from Deuteronomy, Moses is instructing the people of Israel, including some very important tasks about teaching. He tells them, you shall put these words of mine on your heart and soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and fix them as an emblem on your forehead. Moses wants the people of Israel to remember everything that he had been teaching them from God and everything he had taught them about God so that they would not forget it and to prevent some of the previous instances of breaking the covenant. He goes on, though, further to instruct them, saying, teach them to your children, talking about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth. So not only did Moses want the Israelites to remember everything, but also to pass it along to their children and down the line further in their families. And not just to teach them every once in a while when it happened to 
strike their memory or seemed convenient or around a holiday. He tells them to talk about it with them at home and when they are away from home, to constantly be teaching them. And he also tells them not just to teach them verbally. He says they should write them on the doorposts of their homes and on the gates. He wants them to surround their children with the teachings of God in all aspects of their lives. Sounds like a pretty big job. Now, from as early as I can remember as a child, my parents would have my sisters and I say our bedtime prayers before we would go to sleep each night. And the prayer that we prayed went like this. Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. There are other versions of that that some of you may know, including a one in a country song about feeding a dog named Jake. We also would pray before every meal as a family, even if we were eating out at a restaurant or in some other public space. And we would pray, come Lord Jesus, be our guest and let these gifts to us be blessed. And again, we learned some other ones. Some of you probably have heard some of the other ones. One that's popular with some of the the kids that camp and stuff are uh, the Superman prayer where you thank God using the theme from one of the original Superman shows. Um, and again, there's countless others. But prayer was a constant lesson in my family, and so was faith. We were at church every Sunday for service. And I don't mean like, well, we were there most of the time. I, I could probably count the number of times we were not at church on one hand from the time I was five through high school. And our family was very involved in our church beyond just coming to worship. My parents were in the choir. My dad helped run the sound system. My mom helped count money. My dad also teaches Sunday school still to this day. My mom has played the piano for the choir and is actually now the organist and choir director for their church. And my father serves on what is the equivalent of the trustees committee in their denomination. They have both been involved in, in various other committees over the years as well. And my sisters and I, we were in Sunday school and youth group all of the pageants and productions. Church was part of our life. Now my parents surrounded my sisters and I with God's teachings. We talked about them when we were at home and when we were away. And while they were not written on our doorposts of our homes, at least in a physical sense, they were present in many other ways. My mother had several pictures in our home that focused on Jesus and his teachings. We, like many other families, had a copy of the ever-popular Footprints poem in our living room. There was a cross that hung in my room growing up, and I believe may still be there today in what is now my father's study, although it also could be in our house now. Um, as a pastor, you tend to collect several of those and Sometimes they look the same. My grandparents on both sides, 
were the same way. Faith was always shared in their homes and when we were with them. There were many people who played the role of a parent to me throughout my life. And all of them were constantly teaching me about faith and about God. And many of them may not even have realized it. I went to public school where we didn't have a religion class. We didn't talk about faith, really. And yet I can think back and point to several teachers that because of how they treated me and other classmates, the way they lived their lives, at least from the perspective that I was able to witness, were teaching me things about faith. As I spoke about last week, when you teach someone something, there are really two lessons that are being taught, the explicit and the implicit. The lesson that you intend to teach and the lesson that you end up teaching based on your actions and follow-through. And the thing is that in life, even when you don't intend to be teaching someone something, when no explicit lesson is being offered, we are constantly teaching implicitly to those around us. My parents made it a point to teach my sisters and I about God and faith. But they were also implicitly teaching us all of the time as well, from the way they treated other people to how they cared for us to how they lived their lives. My parents were always teaching us very important lessons, whether they were always aware of it or not. Because part of that, as many of you know, is because children are always watching and observing. I still see it with both my sons every day. They are constantly watching both Sarah and I in everything we do. They repeat things they hear us say, almost like little parrots sometimes, as children are, are known to do. And it's when you hear them repeat something really loving and caring and kind, it kind of gives you that feeling that you did something right, at least in that moment, when maybe you're not always sure, because the world is constantly changing and moving. I've read and heard from several people, both in my general happenings in life and as well as medical professionals, that there is a belief amongst many that children learn to smile from their parents. Now, as far as I know, there isn't necessarily medical evidence of this or a study that has been conducted, although there could be one I haven't really checked to recently. But I like to believe there is at least at some level some truth in that idea. Both of my children's smiles melt my heart, and they are a constant reminder to me that they watch what I do and hear what I say. And I think about, with AJ being there when he was born, one of the first things he saw was me smiling as I held him. That's another reason I like to think that there is some truth to the idea that children learn to smile from their parents. 
But as I said earlier, our biological parents are not the only people who end up filling the role of parents in our life. And that was just as true in the time of our story in this week's reading. When Moses and the Israelites set out in the wilderness, they had nobody but God and each other to rely on. They had to help raise all of the children. And as they were out in the wilderness 40 years, consider the number of children we're talking about here. They helped raise all of the children, taught the children, take responsibility for them. They were out in the wilderness. They had to keep them safe. I'm sure almost all of you have heard the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. And it was especially true back in Moses' day. Because what you have to remember is they weren't carrying around the latest copy of the Israelite history book. Now, there may have been some scrolls they had with them that were carried along that contained some information, but not likely very many. For the vast majority, the Israelite history was a verbal history, and their traditions were verbal. It was passed on from generation to generation around campfires and watering holes. Yes, there was some things written down, but it wasn't likely at that time that anyone had the sole job of taking notes. But those stories, that tradition, that history was shared again and again with the children of each generation so that it could continue on. There was no Ancestry.com back then to look stuff up on. There were no home movies or picture albums. Almost everything was passed on verbally. So it makes sense that Moses would tell the people to constantly be teaching all of these things to their children all of the time. That was really one of the only options they had for a very long time. And can you imagine having to do that today? I can't speak for everyone else, and I know some of the ladies in the office could attest to this, but I have days where I'm lucky if I remember what I was doing five minutes ago, let alone trying to remember my family's entire history. And honestly, unless I was able to find the time and money to go, in my case, to Germany for probably several months or more, I can't get you any further than when my family came from there to the United States. And in my case, we're talking a short history for that then, only focusing on from there to here. Think about the families who can trace their lineage back hundreds and hundreds of years. People whose lineage goes back to the era of the American Revolution people whose lineage goes back to places in Europe where baptismal records from hundreds of years ago still exist in some churches and synagogues. That would take forever to tell that history to your children, even if you were summarizing. At least over the last few decades, we have been able to organize more of that information and make it more accessible for people. But then again, in a way, 
We kind of do retell our family history, even still today, right now, when we are in worship. We practice our faith and we retell the story of our faith here as a congregation. We sing songs about the God we believe in and his son who died to save us from our sin and death. We read scripture. We celebrate communion. And at least for part of the service, we do it with our children sitting right next to us. Some may not yet fully understand all of it, but they are watching and listening and observing. And they are learning from us in the same way when we are not in this space. When we go to the grocery store, when we take them to school, when we go out to eat, we are constantly teaching them. And we must never forget that. We need to always be aware of the lessons we are teaching our children and the children around us. We need to remember the reason that Moses gives the Israelites to teach their children that comes at the end of that section of reading. So that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth. Or in other words, to be blessed by God. If they did not continue to hold those teachings important and share them, their children wouldn't know about their covenant relationship with God. They could fall away. Moses told the Israelites to teach their children so they could continue in their faith and knowledge of God and worship God. And shouldn't that be our motivation as well today? Shouldn't we teach our children about our faith so that they may continue to know about God and worship God? That they would continue to praise God and do the work that God calls us to in this world? Shouldn't we teach them about the blessings they receive in their lives and where they come from? God gives blessings to everyone, even if they don't know God. But the more that we come to know God, the more we become aware of some of those blessings and gifts in our lives. Now, as with many Sundays, I want to again leave you with a request or a challenge. I want you to think about all of the parents that you have had in this life and the many lessons that they have taught you. And then I want you to think about all of the people to whom you might be a parent to and the lessons that you have been teaching them, whether explicitly or implicitly. Which lessons are the easiest, whether to teach or, or absorb? Which ones are the hardest? Which ones are the most important? Which ones hold a special place in our hearts? And are they lessons about our faith that we want our children to carry forward? I pray that we will always make the effort in our teaching of not only our children, but of each other, again, implicitly or explicitly, and that we will always be willing to let God lead the teachings that we give with love and grace.
Amen. Our praise song this morning is from the David Crowder band called Oh Praise Him All This For a King. The lyrics should be in your bulletin. The version of the song we're hearing is not the one I had originally intended, and that is on my fault. I apologize. Uh, this is a live recording, so you will hear the crowd a little bit in the background, but I invite you to stand and sing, to sit and listen, to get up and dance, whatever way the Holy Spirit may be moving in you this morning, um, and if nothing else, to read and hear the words. Turn
Beloved children of God, 20 years ago, our world changed in ways that I don't think anyone could have ever predicted. And I pray for each and every one of you as you have mourned and may continue to mourn that event. I encourage you to listen to the words of Christ and act on them, that your life may be built on a solid foundation and that you may live as wise people. And may God, who is our sure foundation, bless you now with strength and courage to be the children of God who set creation free. Go now and serve the Lord in peace and love and grace. Amen.